This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. This is George Newbern, the voice of Superman. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. There is an alien among us. A superior being from a place called Krypton. Deep in the heart of the city, he watches for signs of danger. Ready to act on a moment's notice. His true name is Kal-El. You know him as Superman. Maybe you ladies haven't heard about me. The future of Metropolis is in the hands of the Man of Steel. Get up. He's gonna be busy. I said get up. Superman. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 167 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal, and with me, my good friend, good brother, and the gentleman that runs our Twitter account. That's right. It's Liam. Liam, we are continuing in our month uh, here with Superman, the animated series. I think after this week's episode, we actually might have accidentally done a, uh, a Professor Hamilton Hill, uh, I mean, a Professor <laughs> Professor Hamilton-themed uh, <laughs> month on accident here because we have another episode that features Professor, Professor Hamilton. Uh, but uh, as we continue in our month of Superman here, welcome to episode 167. Yeah, that's right. It's a uh, an interesting one to talk about today. We got a returning villain. We've got uh, little kids involved in the story, and we've got amnesia. So lots of great elements of classic television episodes. When you do the amnesia episode, you know that's that's like a classic uh, television trope. So lots to talk about with today's episode: action figures. That is right. Uh, and as you said, a returning villain. So we actually, uh, t- I mean, we try our very best when a, a villain is introduced or when, when a character is introduced to do uh, episodes in somewhat sequential order in those cases. Uh, didn't quite work out that way as we uh, covered uh, the original Metallo episodes, I think way, 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 way back, maybe in our first uh, first 10 episodes or first 15 episodes, we probably covered uh, Metallo. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we were, uh, we then covered the third episode that featured him uh, on episode 77 when we recovered, uh, covered Heavy Metal, which of course featured John Henry Irons' turn as Steel. Uh, so we're kind of going out of order with these but that's okay uh so this takes place sequentially after the original introduction of metallo and uh before we get into discussing our plot and our visuals music and voice acting we have our unsponsored internet movie database official synopsis segment this week liam that's right and this is for the episode action figures which was written by hillary bader directed by kenji hachizaki with music by Lolita Ritmanis and animation by TMS. And that synopsis reads as such. An amnesiac Metallo reemerges from the ocean and is adopted by two children on an island. 
that's an amusing one. I like that one actually a lot. He's adopted. He's yeah. Sounds like a th- this week on a very special Superman <laughs> the animated series. Natalo gets adopted. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, well, uh, I, it's somewhat true of a plot uh, description there. It's it that's that's a C, I guess. It's not great, but it's it, extra point for making me chuckle. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a solid effort there. But uh, yeah, as, as we jump into plot here, that is the the basis of it. Is we we open with these with these two kids, uh, just just playing on some rocks <laughs> by themselves with no adult supervision under a island. volcano as we learn quickly thereafter yes there's an earthquake almost immediately the children would have died uh speaking of which we have a new contender for worst dcau dad <laughs> uh which is uh, this these uh these children's that were introduced to uh Sarita and uh, and bobby in the episode their father uh, professor felix is uh maybe the worst dad we've seen to date think of the ground that covers in uh, the episodes we reviewed but uh yeah that's they're uh they're playing on the island they're arguing a bit and then wouldn't you know it a a mysterious metal man walks out of the ocean and uh, it is as we see a skinless metallo uh but something is uh, is a little different about him this time Besides the no skin thing. Yeah, yeah. Besides the fact that he's completely naked. Uh, we, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's very, it's very G-rated. He just looks like one of the Terminator robots, basically. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's interesting. They kind of uh, very much telegraph uh, what, who this mysterious metal figure is walking out of the water even before he opens his mouth uh, with a very familiar voice because we have a, uh, we have a brief news segment to, to kick things off where Angela Chen is doing a feature on where are they now? And we see a couple of shots of various different interactions with Superman, uh, people that have had interactions. We see uh, Lobo and we also see the Toy Man. We see Brainiac flash across the screen. Uh, maybe Livewire, I think, maybe, or no, uh, Parasite, I think, flashes across the screen, screen also. Mm-hmm. But then uh, she mentions that there's been no scene or no sighting of, of Metallo since he was blown off of Lex Luthor's yacht. Hi, I'm Angela Chen. Tonight, a new segment on Metropolis Edition, Profiles in Infamy. Where are they now? This evening, we spotlight John Corbin, also known as Metallo. Who can forget his epic battle with Superman exactly one year ago? This is the last known recording of the metal monster, who was later lost at sea. But is he rusting on the ocean floor, or just resting? And I had this interaction with Superman, and nobody knows where he is, if he's just lying, if he's uh, still resting at the bottom of the ocean, or if he's just lying low, and then we get this reveal of this mysterious metal creature. Uh, now, as you mentioned, his, his initial interaction uh, is one where he actually saves uh, Sarita, the young child, from being crushed by a giant boulder. Uh, again, if not for this uh, metallic uh, android supervillain, uh, uh, I think we'd have a, a number one contender, a far, and a, far and away, the winner of Worst Dad in the <laughs> for allowing his children to play in a uh, by themselves in the forest on a volcanic island, by the way, which we learn later on is called uh, Raknavik. Where that is in relation to Metropolis, no <laughs> clue. 
no idea. We don't know if it's like the mysterious island that sits out in the middle of like the metropolis ocean where <laughs> where the uh, nuclear uh, nuclear uh, power plant is that melts down in Apocalypse Now. We don't know if it's yet another island. There's a lot of <laughs> islands apparently gonna, around, around Metropolis. <laughs> I was going to say between this is is this all one island where superman leaves volcana where uh, where they put titano right. uh is this all one big island or is or is there what about riker's scary... island is riker's island right, somewhere of course around riker's it? island right there so you mentioned the power the island where the power plant is housed right uh there's there's so many uh, there's there's either you know just a ton of islands in the <laughs> river outside of this major metropolitan city <laughs> Uh, uh, it's fascinating as, as, as we've talked about before, uh, there's sometimes it's just, well, we need this location. So we're going to say it's quote unquote off the coast and not get any more specific than that. Right. So uh, anyway, so, uh, this creature that saves, uh, uh, Sarita from the, the falling debris from the volcano that isn't quite erupting, but is getting there. Uh, they ask him, they begin, uh, her and Bobby begin asking him questions. And uh, as you mentioned at the top of the program, uh, this is the amnesia episode. And uh, despite having some flashes in his memory, uh, we get some flashback clips to uh, that initial episode where he uh, is blown off of Lex Luthor's uh, yacht. Uh, we get some some reused footage from that and then uh, flashing back to him and he begins to talk. He still doesn't quite remember who he is. Are you all right? I think so. That was cool. You saved my life. Who are you? I don't know. You don't know your own name? Hush up, Sarita. What are you? Where are you from? Not sure. He's lost. He has no place to go. Can we keep him? I suppose. If he doesn't belong to anybody. He does now. Uh, so then we... <laughs> We uh, we we get uh, we get right from there. Uh, there's uh, a discovered Bob, by Bobby and Sarita is a uh, a tanker truck that has uh, I guess may have been affected by the by the somewhat semi eruption slash earthquake <laughs> caused by the volcano and is hanging off the side of a cliff. Uh, and they implore uh, Steelman, as they've begun calling him, uh, to to save the truck. Uh, so that uh, so that the man doesn't die, and uh, he jumps right into action. He jumps into action and pulls the the man from the uh, from the truck and uh, climbs off. But uh, it leaves the uh, the driver scratching his head a little bit, and we uh, we then learn that news travels very fast about this mysterious uh, robot or steel man that is uh, saving people on uh, on the island of Raknavik. Yeah, we get a, a nice little uh, office scene in the Daily Planet. Jimmy Olsen is uh, telling a, a group of reporters about this mysterious report of a metal man saving someone's life, and they're all sort of laughing about it. And 
Uh, Clark Kent uh, he overhears this and goes into Perry's office to, uh, to try to get assigned to this mysterious robot story. But of course, hey, did you guys Lois read Lane this? The trucker up in Rachnavik says he was saved by a robot. Peddle it to Angela, kid. She covers the wackos. Say, Perry, about this robot story, I was thinking you might want to send somebody. He is. Afraid Lois beat you to it. That's becoming your mantra, isn't it, Kent? You think it's Metallo, too, don't you? Let's just say things could get a whole lot hotter on the island of Raknavik, and I'm not talking volcanoes. And, and uh, so she's actually on her way, which means Clark can't go, but of course Superman can. And uh, so both of them sort of make their way to their, the dead island. Uh, at the same time, uh, sort of, I guess the first day of play comes to an end and, and the kids go back to work, go back to their, to their dad. Uh, they give the steel man a little, a little toy to keep him company that happens to look a lot like Superman. And apparently this is the magic trigger uh, for, for Metallo's uh, amnesia. And uh, he suddenly is in, in full memory as, as when we see them next, he is, uh, he's kind of gone back into full psycho mode and is sort of creating this elaborate backstory to, uh, to fool the children about how he's an alien and how he needs their help to get off this island uh, covertly. Yeah, and uh, that leads to one of my other favorite troops, and that is where a, uh, a character who is clearly, obviously not a human being uh, gets dressed up in human clothes and definitely believes that they are passable enough uh, to, uh, to believe that they are that they are indeed a human being. Uh, I love I love the way that uh, that Metallo says he goes, "This is you did great. My pursuers will never recognize me," and he doesn't say it with like a hint of sarcasm. They give him sunglasses, an overcoat, like a like a big khaki overcoat, and a fedora. And meanwhile, his giant silver metal legs and feet are exposed at the bottom, but. <laughs> He's he's fully on board. These aviators and fedora look with the uh, with the trench coat are going to give him enough cover to get off this island covertly. That's right. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's pretty fun. That, that's like yeah, they didn't they didn't think to grab him pants, for instance, or <laughs> shoes. Uh, I mean the the metal the metal clanking and silver head. Uh, that is, I guess, as you said, somewhat obstructed by the hat and the glasses. But uh, I gave him a little kerchief to cover his cover his face too. You fair, know? but yeah, maybe maybe some shoes at least would have been a. The lack of I don't know how he was holding his uh, his sunglasses on though. He didn't really have ears. <laughs> I don't know how they were staying on his face. Maybe he just like smashed them up against his face and like, oh, they stuck on there like, <laughs> elastic or something. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, so from that. Uh, well, as as uh, Bobby and Sarita are gathering these clothes uh, to help Steelman escape the island covertly, uh, wouldn't you know it? Someone comes to the door, and uh, so now Sarita and Bobby have been careful not to tell their dad about Steelman. Uh, they've kept him a secret, uh, but coming to the door is uh, one Lois Lane, and she has a lot of questions to ask uh, for Bobby and Sarita. Hey, what about Dad's old coat? This should fit him. Sarita and Bobby, right? Who are you? My name is Lois Lane. I'm a newspaper reporter. I'd just like to ask you a few questions. About what? About that robot. The one that saved that trucker's life a few days ago. Someone said you might have been there. They lied. 
I'll just put that down as a no comment. Uh, she is actually previously in a, in a scene uh, just before this, she was interviewing uh, the driver of the tanker truck who, had, who uh, was recounting the tale of, of this metal man. Uh, Lois had told Clark that she believed it was a metallo sighting. So she, that's why she was going. So uh, once the, uh, the driver gives a description and just said it was a silver metal robot, uh, he mentions that there were two kids in tow with him. Uh, and this kind of gets Lois's wheels turning. So I guess uh, I assume it must not have been too hard to find the only two kids on the island uh, or what we assume are the only two kids on the island. Uh, so she goes to these, uh, their house, knocks on the door, asks them about information. And uh, well, Bobby is having none of it. He slams the door in her face. And uh, Lois, I guess, then follows them up as they deliver these cl clothes to Metallo, because uh, shortly thereafter, a, uh, a very, a very not, uh, not good at hiding Lois Lane is spotted in the bushes. Yeah, that's kind of our, our, our second is, is her being spotted. And uh, we get a, a good bit of like, that's, that's maybe the most consistent element is, of, uh, of the John Corbin Metallo character is uh whatever else he is he is just a real big weirdo creep when Lo lois lane shows up and he has a weird line about how he would kiss her if he had any lips on his face <laughs> still a big weirdo he got his full brain back and his full creep mode uh in full swing there that's right but uh yeah that, that sort of sets up our final act as he's uh prepares to uh to to tie lever but sort of before we get there the uh we get even more tremors as superman finally arrives on the island and is speaking with the professor and and they're talking about it all of a sudden they they feel tremors and, and, and things seem to be getting worse and then all of a sudden it looks like the island the volcano as fate would have it is about to erupt uh, much earlier than initially uh, expected so i guess in addition to being the worst father in the history of uh, the dcau he's also a bad at his job uh, because he didn't, uh, he didn't see this coming either. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, science sometimes is a guess. So I guess, uh, you know, it's your best summation. So, uh, yeah. I, 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 if this was real life, I would cut him some slack, but the fact that, uh, this volcano is so unpredictable and you decided to bring your kids uh, to the Island, uh, you know, maybe we can do some head cannon backstory. Maybe all of his relatives died in like a, uh, <laughs> in other volcanoes yeah something that you know he couldn't find anybody to watch the kids or you know maybe it's a custody thing he had you know he had custody that weekend and he had to take them you know <laughs> uh i i don't know but there has to be some 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 explanation why a father would bring his two kids to just the world's most dangerous place uh an active volcano and and just let them run about in the woods whenever they want to as long as they agree that when the volcano erupts that they return when the siren siren goes off like that's the <laughs> that's the one catch all right guys you can go play in the woods but as soon as that siren goes off, you have to turn turn back because uh, that's what he tells Superman. The Superman has arrived there to sort of investigate. And uh, as it erupts, we yeah. get, 
we get Superman saving them. Uh, he the, sort of diverts this initial eruption. And then uh, from there, we uh, as he tells Superman that his kids are probably off playing in the woods, Superman looks down at the table and there happens to be uh, some some crayon doodles, uh, one of Steelman. And I think Superman quickly realizes uh, he better go grab that that anti kryptonite suit that he stopped off at Star Labs and picked up on his way to the island. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a it's a good little bit of, of thinking ahead. You've you've established by this point in the series that he has the suit, and he know and he's you know at least pretty sure that Metallo is the the metal man talking about. So he was smart enough to get a suit ahead of time. So I I, I like that little wrinkle of it. Um, he's he's able to come prepared this time. But uh, yeah, there's there's kind of a fun sequence of him diverting some of the lava as it's uh, as it's erupting and doing some some cool problem solving with his powers. We'll talk a little bit more about that in visuals, certainly. But uh, yeah, then we we sort of uh, we sort of get to this point where Metallo is preparing to leave Lois tied up as the volcano is erupting, and uh, the kids are sort of pleading with him to save her and and, and telling them that. And and uh, he, of course, that's his his moment to really reveal his true villainous side to the kids. And and then uh, before anything can get too heinous, uh, Superman does show up in the anti kryptonite suit, but. As we've now established, Cal, as his law, uh, when he's wearing any of these special suits, the only guarantee is that it will be ripped and torn and broken and destroyed <laughs> about two minutes into the fight. I think, I wonder if that was just like a subtle thing that the, you know, we talked about this. We didn't plan this either. The other thing this could be was Superman, like, like action figure suit month here at, at the DCAU review. Cause each episode <laughs> had neutron star Superman last week, we had uh, we had deep dive Superman this week. We have anti-kryptonite Superman, which we've talked about before, got an action figure, but not like in this form. Uh, but I, I wonder if, uh, if, if the, if the powers that be that were in charge of the show just looked at it as a way to like stick their nose up and, and, and kind of make fun of the fact that they, they may have had a mandate to write some of these extra suits into the, into the show in order to sell toys. So this was their way of kind of getting back at them by always having them destroyed. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that might be part of it. And I, and I think there's also that, that like you need that drama so it's like on one hand you want him to be smart you've established that he has this suit so it makes sense that he's wearing it but if it's just fine then there's not really a lot of drama because then how does metallo get at him if he's if he's invulnerable but uh <laughs> but uh yeah that 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 all being said it leads to a pretty dramatic final sequence there as uh, as they're fighting. As we mentioned, the suit gets ripped into Orin. Al is able to use the kryptonite heart to sort of weaken him, and they fight near and into the lava. And uh, they're able to, and during the scuffle, however, Superman, who is most of the suit is melted off, but thankfully his big lead gloves have not been uh, has not have not been melted off, and he's able to pull the kryptonite heart out of Metallo's chest and throw it into the lava, and uh, get Lois and the kids to safety as we kind of wrap things. Yeah. So then right after that, after he uh, after he uh, uh, is able to fly them off, the volcano sort of completely erupts. Uh, we get uh, we get a final scene with Lois and uh, and the kids on the boat. And they uh, they're still sort of flabbergasted as to why Steelman uh, 
would uh, do what he did and they thought he was good. Uh, she has a little heart to heart with them, letting him know that whatever good was in him was buried within the volcano. And then we, uh, we get Superman flying off into the sun and then uh we get a uh sort of i guess what would amount today to a uh sort of a a mcu marvel uh post-credit scene almost it would fit right in there as mm -hmm. we we flash back to the volcano itself and we see uh we hear a voiceover from metallo as he talks and uh, about how everything is still and he has to keep himself from his brain from fading away as he's sort of stuck there in the uh, now hardened lava it's so still dark no sound no light nothing my mind i cannot let it drift i must remember i am metallo I am Metallo. Uh, remembering that his name is Metallo. His name is Metallo, and we kind of get this fade to black, and everything uh, everything fades to black except for his uh, single green eye. Uh, and then we uh, roll credits, and uh, then we uh, we we talk about our scores, I guess. Here, so uh, <laughs> I I think the plot for the most part works. I think it is a quick uh, descent uh, from his. Uh, I, I think they. It feels a little bit rushed that he gets his memories back so quickly. We don't really get an explanation either of how he lost his memories. The last thing we know uh, was, you know, he was on the on Lex Luthor's boat. He gets blown off of the boat. And then that uh, that episode ends with a bit of a cliffhanger, too, as we see him walking the floor of the uh metropolis ocean whatever wherever body of water they were on uh it's just him sort of walking across the floor uh floor of the the ocean floor at that point but uh so i you know i guess you could chalk it up to maybe the explosion caused some amnesia maybe the explosion also destroyed the rest of his skin that was also sort of impenetrable we don't know about that either um how the amnesia worked not sure uh, so we don't really get a backstory of how that happened, how long he had been without his memories, which is okay, but they come back awfully quickly uh, for, for him to have had this amnesia. So maybe it wasn't all that serious to begin with, but it's, it's okay. We get, we get him interacting with the kids, which is okay. And then uh, we don't have a lot of actual action though, that takes place in this. The action is mainly, Metallo saving, uh, saving Sarita at the beginning from the rock and then Metallo saving the driver from the explosion. And then we have Superman saving uh, the scientists from the volcano. And then the actual action, the fighting uh, comes in the very last scene and is very short and sweet. Um, so it's, it's a lot of talking. It's a lot of is you know, are the children going to be in danger? It feels a little bit like an 80s movie almost. I feel like there were some elements mm -hmm. borrowed from like an E.T. or, you know, a, a classic 80s trope where the kids find a machine that, you know, is actually a killing machine but they don't know it's a killing machine and it doesn't know it's a killing machine so when they discover that it's a killing machine their whole world crashes down and um except there's no redemption it's not like the iron giant which is one of my favorite movies of all time where the killing machine turns mm -hmm. out to you know turns back good it's like it's stays a killing machine and the kids just learn that 
sometimes things are evil <laughs> i guess i don't know um talk to strangers i think it's the moral we're going for oh there you there you go yeah yeah um you know i do like that there was a bit of a cliffhanger here we know that that metallo returns uh you know in another episode so uh and it's always good to see superman battle metallo i think you're you're right when it comes to the the psychology of, of the episode with Superman planning ahead, Superman having to figure out a strategy uh, when the volcano is erupting, how to divert uh, the lava from, from uh, its current path. And then also kind of trying to figure out uh, and use his brain later on and how he's going to defeat Metallo, despite being exposed to the kryptonite, he's partially exposed to it. I think that, I think that does work. Um, but uh, overall, I, th- I think it's just kind of fine. Um, I ended up giving a plot a six out of 10. Yeah, yeah, I gave it a five. Um, I think it's, it's all fine. There's nothing particularly wrong with the episode. I do think there are some questions to be asked about, you know, we saw him, we, we, you know, in the immediate aftermath of the explosion, he seems to still have his faculties as he's sort of slowly sinking to the bottom of the ocean. So I guess my question would be what about the ocean made both his skin fall off and, and, uh, and caused him to have amnesia. But uh, I mean, you could say maybe that's the technological part of him was, was malfunctioning because of all the, all being waterlogged or whatever. And that, that was affecting his, uh, his, whatever, his physical brain or whatever you can, you can logic it out. It's not, it's not a big problem, but yeah, the episode itself is, is all right. It's fine. It's I think it's it's an interesting. It's a kind of an interesting idea, and and I think um, I think sort of bookending it. It almost feels like a little bit of a horror movie, like a like a like a like a Friday the Thirteenth or a, you know or something like that, where we open up with the you know the last time we saw the monster was on this very day one year ago, and then and then the end of the episode where ah this time he's finally down to the count, and then we get the the glowing eye as as we fade to black like there's there's some kind of creative uh, framing devices to kind of the, as uh, as bookends there with the the news report and then the ending there of, of his little monologue but uh, yeah overall it's it's all right it's a, it's a fine way to spend 22 minutes but not exactly a uh, a home run either agreed all right, Liam, let's move on to our next category, and that is going to be, as always, visuals and animation. Uh, I didn't mention at the top of the episode, but uh, this episode actually originally debuted on the Kids WB back on September the 20th, 1997, meaning uh, like a lot of the episodes that we've covered this month, we're coming up on the 25-year anniversary of the debut of that episode or this episode. Uh, so I believe you said uh, the late Hillary Bader was in charge of the, uh, the, the direction for this, uh, this episode. Uh, what did you like as far as visuals were concerned here? Or maybe she wrote it. That's my bad. Uh, what did you like about, uh, what did you like about this episode and, uh, and uh, what stood out for you in a, what I would say is a, is a pretty heavy visual episode. Well, yeah, and you kind of touched on it there. Despite it being, uh, you know, not necessarily a, a super complicated plot, there isn't much action either. We have that sort of initial moments of Metallo sort of dramatically walking onto onto the door and and meeting meeting the kids and uh, and then his his sort of uh, saving them from the from the initial little earthquake and and then him saving the uh, the truck driver a little bit later. And then that's kind of it for a little bit there as far as action goes until uh, I do really like the scene where where Superman is sort of problem solving and, and, and 
you know, first he sort of does something that's very reminiscent of the uh, the challenge of the Super Friends opening, where he's where he's just punching the rocks. Yep. Uh, where it's just like, yeah, some kind of avalanche, and there's just a bunch of big boulders, single file, rolling down the hill one at a time, <laughs> and he's uh, he's punching them all. It's very very reminiscent of a of a shot from uh, from the Super Friends opening theme. But uh, yeah, I, I think that sequence is fun and carves a path so that the lava drifts down into the water and and doesn't sort of uh, flow onto the, the people below. So I, I like that sequence. And then, yeah, I, th- I think probably the, the most interesting and, and, and dramatic uh, visuals though are probably that, that final fight there is not only do you have the volcano, you have the anti-Kryptonite suit, and then the fight itself is, it's, it's like a lot of choking and stuff. Like it's very, uh, it's very visceral. Yeah, it's not it's not a lot of fisticuffs. Um, I don't know if uh, if if uh, they felt like I don't I don't know. Maybe there was too much violence or, or violence mandate crackdown on on some of the uh, the fighting. I figured because maybe it was a robot, you would see a little bit more. But I, I know I know typically with Metallo, with the idea of him having the kryptonite heart, Superman typically has to keep his distance. Uh, so we do see a little bit of violence uh, with Superman and, and him uh, bet- fighting uh, initially, at least while he has uh, he has the suit on. But then once uh, Metallo actually uh, runs him under a volcanic shower, I would guess you could say a, a lava shower, which burns the suit off, uh, leaving it uh, some com- almost completely torn off, except for his uh, his boots and gloves. Uh, it, uh, I guess is a little less effective at that point, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that that is, is mainly the highlight, uh, to talk about, uh, there is some stuff we'll go back and talk about, but, uh, the, at one point, uh, Superman is sort of, uh, resting on this bed of, uh, of, uh, or I guess on this lava bank i don't know <laughs> and uh and Metallo, as you said has him by the throat <laughs> and uh you you see some really great cell shading that they did not only of the typical mm-hmm. cell shading but then the reflection of the lava off of Metallo, giving him you know these kind of pink or orangish highlights um off of you know off of the the silver and gray metal that he has um i i think that that excuse me that um that visual was was a standout for that scene uh that and and where he dunks superman under the under the lava and the suit begins to burn off but um superman's the color of superman's suit i felt like kept changing i don't know if it was supposed to be somehow affected by the lava or something like that but i felt like it wasn't its typical blue for this episode did you notice that uh not i wouldn't not really um but i might not have been watching as closely as you did uh but no i uh yeah i i think the the lighting stuff i noticed was definitely as as you mentioned there's this sort of like pov shot as as i think we talked about where where metallo is you're sort of you're in the place of superman as metallo is towering over you with his hands at 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 superman's throat and then you see not only does he have these these green glowing eyes but he has all this orange light sort of reflected off of his his body that that's more of the the lighting tricks that i knew which i, which I thought were pretty cool this is another uh, tms animated episode so uh but no I, I did not i'll have to go back and look at this if it, if the suit was uh was a little inconsistent this week yeah just maybe for that final scene and again i don't know whether or not it had to do with it was supposed to be the you know the, the shading off of the lava or something like that that was 
that was discoloring it. We've seen that before. Sometimes fire that, you know, the, the brightness of, of fire changes the colors of the, mm-hmm. the color scheme of the, the scene. We've seen uh, Superman actually fight inside a volcano uh, against Doomsday and Justice League Unlimited. And obviously the colors in that scene uh, pretty memorably are, are pretty distorted based on the, the color of the lava. So it may have just been, may have just been because of that and, and done intentionally. Um, I think going back to the initial uh, reveal of Metallo as he comes out of the, the water, I think that was, that was pretty strong. You get the slow lumbering, uh, you know, as he's coming onto the beach and, uh, you know, the sand and the, beneath his sand and rock beneath him and the mud that was on him sort of falling off again, I think, as you alluded to a very horror movie-esque type reveal, um, I think this is the first and only time we really see him without his uh, without his half John Corbin skin uh, for the for the series. And uh, uh, what do you prefer? Do you prefer the the sort of half man, half metallo look, or do you prefer the uh, the more Terminator robot esque looking uh, design? Yeah, I th- I think I prefer the the half man look. I think that's that's more. That's certainly more memorable to me. Um, I think at the time in the comics, this was the the the, the all metal man was was more of the uh, what that was closer to what he looked like in the books at the time. Um, I, he could also like transform his arms into weapons and stuff, so it's not a one to one comparison. But uh, yeah, it's 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 um you know it's it was a choice, and I you know I like the fact that they may have given a little bit of an, an homage to what was happening in the comics there. I. I, I think that the half the half like the half skin and uh, and khaki pants and torn shirt look is more of uh, feels more at home for me. I you know I know they even ad- adapted that into that look into the comics for at least uh, the uh, the one Batman Superman Public Enemy storyline. We kind of get a mm-hmm. an homage to that look, so uh, it's it, it's it's gone both ways. Um, I, I think the scene also where. Uh, where Sarita presents him with the uh, little popsicle stick Superman uh, figure, which, by the way, in, in contrast to those figures that Bobby's playing with at the beginning, I got to feel for Sarita, man. That she's got a mean older brother. She just wanted to play action figures with her brother. <laughs> He's got these real cool, like uh, I don't know if they were. I guess they're stand-in transformers, essentially. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and she just wants to play with them, and he's like having none of it, so she has to go make her own action figures. Out of my way, Quantum Rider! This is the last of your evil treachery. <laughs> Stupid volcano. Can I play? Go play with your dolls. Fine, I'll go buy my own action figures. On this island, I don't think so. And uh, so she makes makes uh, Metallo this Superman esque figure out of popsicle sticks and like I don't know cotton or and, and material, and uh, she gives it to him and runs away. And as she runs away, he looks at it, and obviously we said that's what kind of jars his memory as to who Superman is, and he crushes it in his hand. That made me really sad. This poor girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very it's a very dramatic. Up. Yes, it's a very dramatic moment. There's. 
his his fingers kind of have these like points on them so when he squeezes it the the cotton or whatever the body is made out of sort of like congeals and 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 distorts in a really dramatic way it's this really kind of dramatic visual there is yeah it, it, it definitely uh, i think tr helps drive home that this that uh, that metallo is back in that moment but yeah I, I think that volcano fight is is definitely the standout moment for, of the episode and uh uh, like I said, it's 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 kind of light on action, despite sort of also being a, a pretty, uh, you know, meat and potatoes basic plot here, um, which is interesting because we sort of talked about that in our review last week of the Prometheon, uh, which was a pretty simple plot, but had a lot of dramatic and 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 unique visuals to sort of uh, supplement that. Whereas here, I I felt things were were a little bit lacking like i said the 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 fight scene that we get is pretty good and and i like the bit of superman sort of uh trying to stop the volcano but yeah overall i i i settled on a six out of ten for for visuals and animation it's uh good but uh, nothing nothing particularly great for me nice uh i went a little bit higher i think uh i went an eight out of ten for this one um mm -hmm. i think i think uh where i where i appreciate it i do like the scene with superman trying to figure out uh how to divert the lava um i thought that that action despite not being again we talked about it not having a lot of action between superman and metallo there is action that is in the episode and the visuals are interesting i love that he takes this big round boulder and has to create this moat to divert the lava from where it was initially falling and you kind of they kind of follow him pushing this rock creating this moat and the lava is following behind him and then he finally reaches uh reaches the end where you know it, it drops off into the into the water uh i loved that i i also loved him that that one that you said uh reminded you of the super friends intro uh that gave me some fleischer vibes also it felt like a very mm -hmm. max fleischer uh, superman type thing where he just stands there and hits one rock and stands there and hits another one and uh, we get a, a diff couple different angles of him taking on the rocks there. That uh, that felt like a very uh, original Fleischer Superman type scene that they would do because it didn't involve violence against uh, you know a physical human being and showcase some of his powers. Um, and I, I think that the 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 closing shot that we get the sort of fade to black on uh, on Metallo and and just the green eye lighting up is, is a, mm -hmm. is a great trope, a great way to end that episode and makes it very, a very, very memorable ending, letting you know that eh, this is probably not the last we've seen of him. So uh, for all those reasons, that's why I ended up giving a, a little bit higher at an eight out of 10 for, uh, for visuals. Uh, nice. Yeah. Just, uh, just different strokes for different folks sometimes, but uh, I don't think a disagreement <laughs> alarm is, uh, is, is worth pulling out at this point yet. Um, all right, William, let us move on to music. I believe you said Lolita Ritmanis is responsible for the music mm -hmm. for this week. Uh, so, of course, with the return of Metallo, we get uh, one of the more standout themes as far as villains are concerned for Superman the Animated Series, a very, very powerful return of the Metallo theme amongst uh, a lot of other musical notes here. Uh, I think that there's a lot uh, to enjoy as far as music is concerned for this week. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's a lot of good moments and I don't know if it's specifically because our setting is an island, but this is another one that I think uh, featured a like very, very heavy percussion. Like a lot of like a lot of, uh, you know, you get a lot of that like toms and and sort of very, very dramatic doom doom 
to the to the to, to sort of uh, kick off a lot of the, especially a lot of the action moments there. There's a lot of uh, very sort of everything sort of punctuated by this very sort of simple but very dramatic and 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 loud percussion. And then uh, yeah, on top of that, as you mentioned, we have uh, the return of definitely one of the more me memorable Superman villain themes, uh, no doubt there in, in Metallo. So yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of fun musical moments to to be had here. Yeah, uh, I, I think the ones that stood out for me, obviously the initial reveal of Metallo, we get a, a brief under <laughs> kind of underplayed version of his theme kind of softly comes in um, again, letting you know who this is uh, no, no secret here. Mm -hmm. uh, but then we, we also get it when he jumps into action as a hero, which is interesting also because they didn't, they didn't sort of transform it at all and make it a more heroic theme. It's more of it's, or, you know, play it in a more triumphant way there. It's almost telling you with the music that, Hey, even though he's jumping in here as a hero, this won't last long. He's deep inside of him at his core. He's still Metallo. <laughs> um, so I love, I love that sometimes where, you know, it kind of give allows you to, to make some interpretations based on why they chose to play the music the way that they did. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the things, especially with this theme, I think a lot of the great, the great themes across these shows that, that we've picked up on is how you can sort of interlay them or lay them on top of other musical notes, which is, I think you see that in a lot of the action beats where you'll hear that sort of more dramatic, like dun, 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 but then the, the undercurrent of the Metallo theme is sort of your, that's almost your tempo for the scene right. while these sort of and then as the fight with Superman sort of escalates near the end and then the suit's getting torn and, and the lava's coming and, and everything, you get these more dramatic sort of over-the-top musical moments, but that, that little undercurrent of the Metallo theme almost kind of constantly coming in and out of those, those action beats there. It's, it's really, really brilliantly done as, as far as sort of interlaying that theme, even within the, the soundtrack for the, for the rest of the episode. Yeah, it's it's truly the way that it was written. That piece was so expertly written is, uh, you know, it, it does play well as a as a almost like a base, a driving base through the through the rest of the music that's happening. It's the undercurrent. It's the it's the Jaws theme underneath of what's happening. You know, you get you, everybody knows the Jaws theme. And then when the crescendo happens and the music plays over top of it, you kind of still have that that base underneath of it that is that is creating the uh the tension of what you know of the shark about to attack uh so I, I love that this piece fits in that too i think the the best example of that in this episode is uh as uh as metallo has tied up lois lane and as we mentioned bobby and and sarita are, are kind of pleading with him to let her go and uh, they say they say to him uh, Superman would never do that. And he, he turns to them and looks right at them and he says, I'm not Superman. You're not going to get away with this, Corbin. Miss Lane, please, such cliches. How did you ever win that Pulitzer? Let's go. We can't just leave her here. She'll die. So what? She deserves it. Superman wouldn't let anyone die, no matter how bad they were. I'm not Superman. It's him. 
isn't it? Nice spacesuit. When I'm done with you, you'll wish you were on the moon. It won't work this time. And that his theme plays. And just in that moment, there's this soft transition where over top of it, Superman, because Superman is on his way and Superman uh, appears, his music plays over top of it. And it perfectly sort of melds the two pieces together. And the Superman triumphant theme comes in as he flies in to, you know, to start attacking, <laughs> attacking Metallo. So uh, I thought, man, that's such a great transition piece. They, they did it right with the best line of the of the episode to do that with and then it sort of sets up this final battle between the two of them and you know it not only do we have this happening we have the volcano happening at the same time that they're fighting the tension of whether the kids are going to get off as low as going to get off the island you know so all of that with the music and, and the metal theme perfectly sort of underlaid underneath of all of it man it's so good yeah, 100 percent. I think she did such a great job of uh, of, of weaving that theme along with, you know, yeah, and then Superman's theme as well during during some of his uh, action moments when he's when he's dealing with the volcano and things like that. So, yeah, I think they do a, a pretty great job throughout the episode. Uh, again, Lolita Romanis did the score for this one. And uh, yeah, I, I ended up giving music a, a very strong eight out of ten. Nice. Uh, I went way higher uh, by way higher. I mean, two points higher. Give it a perfect. 10 out of 10 for this week nice. man i i just loved it i love that i think that that's that line mixed with that that metallo you know slowly fading into the superman theme uh, i think it just made it and it's just like a great moment in this episode and a perfect example of of why we love the music so much for these shows and how you know they can take an episode uh, and make a moment that otherwise, you know, maybe the line, maybe it's just the line that we would remember, or maybe it's just the music that we remember, or, or Superman flying in and cutting him off at that moment. But it's all of that combined, and the music plays, I, I think, equal importance in that in that moment of making that that really memorable. So, uh, love the music for this week, Liam. Awesome. Let's move on to our final category of the day, believe it or not. Uh, we are going to discuss voice acting, which uh, not a huge cast this week. Uh, we have uh, actually one, uh, one very memorable actor that we've mentioned uh, playing a small role before uh, that you will definitely know if you have, uh, have, have seen any movies from the 1980s. And, uh, and then we have uh, a, a lot of our returning cast here. Uh, let's talk about this week's voice actors. Yeah, so uh, I, I guess we can get that, that big name uh, star out of the way before we get to our, our, sort of our main players. Um, we do, in fact, have Mr. Ernie Hudson playing this uh, this minor role as the father of Bobby, Bobby and Sarita, the worst father in DCU history, uh, <laughs> Prof Professor Felix here. And yeah, he, he doesn't have much to do. But when he anytime he speaks in the episode, you know, he's talking to Superman or he's talking to Lois, you hear that voice and you're like, that's that's a pretty familiar voice. Like, I, I, I figured it was someone we would know. And then. Yeah, sure enough, you look it up, of course, you know, the the original Ghostbusters films and and uh, lots of other uh, The Crow and 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 plenty of other great, uh, you know, 80s and 90s uh, action and, and and memorable films there. So it's it was uh, it's that's a fun one to uh, to see him to see him show up in uh, in, in something like this, even in, in such a minor role. 
Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, I, this is, a, I think a little bit bigger than the other role that we, uh, that we, uh, had previously heard him in. I think he was just a small cameo as like a, like a, a very minor character that maybe even didn't have a name the last time. Uh, so at least he gets a name in this, uh, this episode, but I think he does a, he does a fine job and, uh, he, uh, <laughs> he's, he's fine. Like it's, it's just one of those things where you're like, wow, that sound, that voice sounds very familiar. Oh, it's, it's Ernie Hudson. And he's playing the dad. Like that's, that's <laughs> kind of a weird casting. Uh, it's interesting that he didn't really get the chance. Uh, I believe it was only the two roles that he, that he played. So it would have been interesting to hear him in maybe a little bit larger of a role. And, uh, but uh, I think for the interaction that he, he has with Tim Daly Superman in this episode, and, you know, he gets to show a little bit of emotion as he's concerned about where his children have gone and, uh, you know, I, I think he does a fine job with, uh, with his performance for this week. Yeah, 100%. Uh, other than that, we have some of our, our regular guest casts for Superman episode or our supporting cast, I should say. We have Lauren, Tom, a little bit as Angela Chen. You mentioned she has sort of this, this intro to the episode where she's doing a news report of where are they now on Metallo. And, and we also briefly have uh, David Kaufman as Jimmy Olsen. We have a little bit of George Dunn's as Perry White. And then, yeah, sort of our, our, our main players, uh, we, we have Hassan Nicholas as, uh, as Bobby, who uh, does not have a lot of acting credits to his name, uh, perhaps for the best, or perhaps, uh, perhaps just uh, didn't, 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 didn't get the acting bug uh, as, as a child and then sort of grew out of it. But uh, I think, and we talk about this a lot, but between, between uh, here, uh, Hassan Nicholas and, and Lauren Robinson, who, did a little bit more voice acting to her credit. She was in uh, Hey Arnold, uh, among other things. But uh, uh, you always do run that risk, right? And we, we've talked about this plenty of times before. But when you when you have child characters, you can hire adults to play the kids, and you'll probably you know you'll probably get good performances. But it doesn't necessarily feel authentically kid. Or you can you can hire kid actors, but they might not have the acting range. So. But uh, I think all things considered, our, our child actors do a pretty strong job because they honestly have the most to do along with, uh, with of course, uh, Metallo himself, uh, Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think they do a fine job. I think that they, um, you know, the most that that uh, he has to do for Bobby is, uh, I think, the interaction with Dana Delaney, where he kind of slams the door on him, kind of to show some uh, emotion of, uh, you know, trying to hide, you know, he's doing his best to hide uh, Steel Man from, from Lois and slamming the door in her face gave me a chuckle. Again, he plays the mean older brother type. Uh, I, I, I believed it. <laughs> you know, he's mean, selfish older brother towards his sister. I definitely believe that. Um, and then I think she does, she does, uh, a, a great job of being like the cute, innocent girl um, and not coming off as like the cliched, cute, innocent girl uh, character uh, that you, you know, you, that you may see in a typical children's cartoon. Um, you know, she does, she has a little bit of acting to do as far as her, her terror in the first scene where she's terrified of Metallo. And then uh, later on, you know, kind of her, 
as she starts to start to care for him. And then later on, her, even further, where she's kind of in disbelief that he's kind of treating Lois and then fighting with Superman. So um, I, sh- I think they both do a, do a fine job. We've talked about that before. I think this is one of the areas that Andrea Romano uh, can look back and, and say that she, she pretty much hit a home run each time uh, because I don't, I don't think that we've, Criti- highly criticized any of the child actors that they've uh, that they cast as of yet, uh, which is something that feels like very low hanging fruit at times. Oh yeah, for sure. That's uh, that's that's definitely a tight rope to walk there. But uh, as usual, uh, Miss Romano knows best, and yeah, I think she gets solid performances out of out of our two child actors here. And then yeah, we have uh, as mentioned, we have Malcolm McDowell as Metallo, uh, who has, has some interesting, has a little bit more to do as far as his, his first, at the first part, he's playing this sort of very, uh, almost like sort of shy and, and, uh, and naive amnesiac character. And then sort of once he gets the, the memories back and he's, uh, and he's sort of doing the fake, uh, the fake origin story and all of that. And he's sort of tricking the children into, to get him getting him off the uh the island and then of course when lois shows up and that's that's sort of when all bets are off and he's back to being uh the john corbin that we we had met in uh in in both in both previous episodes he'd appeared in but uh yeah he's he does uh he's got quite a bit to do as well and and does it well yeah i mean i think it's it's no shock uh we we've talked about in his prior appearances that uh, Mr. McDowell is a is a very over the top theatrical actor, and uh, I think uh, I think in the scenes in this where he is playing that uh, amnesiac, that uh, he doesn't doesn't go over the top too much. He plays it plays it very well and understated. I even think in that final scene, as as his you know dialogue sort of fades out as he's you know stuck in this this lava rock at that point. Um, I think that's also very understated. He could have gone over the top and been screaming and delivered all of his lines that way. But the way that he delivers them very understated as if he's, you know, slowly sort of fading away into his, into his mind. um, I think, I think that that delivery is great too. I think, again, I think the interaction, the brief interaction that he has with Dana Delaney, again, kind of reigniting this feud between the two of them that they'd had very early on in the series uh the the line as you mentioned where he said he'd give her a kiss if he still had lips was great yes you did well my pursuers will never recognize me i think we met one of them what a lady she was asking questions about you (gasps) Ah! you didn't tell her anything no of course not you're hurting me you did the right thing but we have to be careful these people can be tricky Very tricky. <gasps> Lois Lane, I'd give you a kiss if I still had my lips. Um, I think when they come back from the, the commercial break and uh, Lois begins sort of fighting back against him. And he, he has a quip of Lois, n- not in front of the kids. I thought that was really great and, and delivered really well. 
And then uh, his, his, his sort of cold hearted delivery towards the kids as they begin pleading with him uh, to let Lois go. And then again, as, as they start comparing him with Superman, uh, I, I think that the, that interaction is really strong as well. Um, he's, he's the professional's professional. And when uh, you look at the great castings for specifically for this series, uh, Mr. McDowell as, as, as Metallo has to, in my opinion, be probably top three, as far as casting, maybe, maybe top five, you know, cause you, you have a pretty, pretty good trio with, with Clancy Brown, Dana Delaney and Tim Daly. But uh, I, I think <laughs> the argument could be made to put, uh, to put Mr. McDowell in the top five, as far as voice casting decisions for this series go. Yeah, totally agree with that. And he's uh, he's he's tremendous in this episode. And then yes, of course we have uh, we have Dana Delaney and Tim Daly as uh, as Lois and Superman. Uh, again, uh, Lois has some pretty some pretty funny lines as well as the kids and they they slam the door in her face and then and then her her interactions with Metallo. It's just it's it's very it's a lot of very classic Lois stuff of you know refusing to be afraid. In, in the face of certain doom and all of that. And then, yeah, Tim Daly doesn't have a ton to do in this episode. We don't actually see Clark Kent or Superman until uh, I think well into the second act of the episode. So uh, it's, it's, it's a little, we're kind of waiting a little while to actually see Superman in action here. So he doesn't have a ton to do, but I, I think he's, he's solid in, in what little we, we get of him and, and, and his interactions with Malcolm McDowell near the end there are, are pretty solid as well. So uh, for, for all those reasons, I, I, I gave voice acting a, a pretty darn strong eight out of 10. Yeah, uh, I went uh, just a tick higher with it. I went nine out of 10. Um, I think uh, it's it's pretty strong performances all the way around. Uh, lots of uh, funny deliveries when they needed to be uh, holding back when they needed to be. Um, I think everybody uh, does a does a pretty solid job. Again, hard to grade uh, Mr. Daly's Superman because he didn't have a ton uh, to do this week. Same with with Dana Delaney's uh, Lois. She didn't have much to do. Uh, probably would have loved a little bit more interaction between her and, uh, and Mr. McDowell at some point, if possible, because, again, they have impeccable chemistry. Uh, so I uh, would have loved a little bit more of that, but uh, beggars can't be choosers here, but uh, yeah, both strong scores from us uh, kind of unsurprisingly, I'd say based on who's uh, who's involved here this week. Agreed. All right, Liam, that will bring us to our final scores for this week and tallying everything up this week. I end up with a very solid 33 out of 40. What about you? Yeah, so this is funny. Um, I don't know if we need disagreement alarm or not, but because I don't think we were really that far off from each other in any one category, but I think you, uh, you were, your score was higher in every single category we had. And uh, so for those reasons, I ended up with the final score of 27 out of 40. Yeah, we're getting we're getting into that territory. Um, you know, I, I think overall scores sometimes are are uh are worth discussing i think again we look at the different you break it down into the different uh, categories and we were a point off between plot we were two points off between visual and animation two points off in music and then uh, a point off in, in voice acting so as you said me giving it uh, a, a higher score or in each category maybe i just like this episode a little bit more uh, maybe my proclivity to uh to collect action figures led me to be predisposed to like this 
this <laughs> episode a little bit more. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I guess at this point, um, it seems almost a little silly to talk about rewatchability because we know that there's another episode that it includes uh, Metallo that we already yeah. covered. Uh, now we, we, did that we reviewed that episode and uh i think there's a brief mention of him uh where he mentions uh superman kind of left him left him to die or something like that and uh so it's kind of important uh, this episode to kind of fill in those blanks as to what happened uh but uh, where do you land as far as importance uh, for this episode and, and re-watching it I would honestly, and maybe this is where the disagreement alarm comes in. I would say, no, you can skip this one. Um, oh, not that there's anything. Again, I think it's fine. It's a fine episode. It's a, it's a fine 22 minutes of an episode. But when we see him next, he doesn't look like this. He has his skin back somehow. <laughs> uh, and, and, uh, and yeah, there's, there's sort of a brief mention of, you know, uh, Intergang found him and, and uh, you know at where Superman had left him or something, but I, I don't think you would be you would be so lost if if you had only seen his initial appearance and then you watched Heavy Metal. I don't think you would be like, oh, what what, what are they talking about? You you may you may incorrectly assume that he's talking about being left on the bottom of the ocean uh, instead of in a volcano. But there's not. I don't feel like there's enough of a direct reference to this episode. Uh, nor an explanation as to, you know, uh, they, again, it's sort of mentioned the inner gang found him and, and gave him some upgrades. And, and that's sort of where we find him in the, in the next episode he appears into, but yeah, so I would, I would venture to say this one is while fine and, and, and has some, has some interesting, memorable moments, has a very good score. Uh, you know, I like, I like the episode pretty, uh, you know, just fine, but I, I wouldn't say this is, this is important even to, the superman series or even necessarily to the metallo character personally well that's i i can see that um i just think that when a character specifically mentions another scenario happening yeah you can fill in the blanks yeah i i i don't i don't know i'd say that because this is almost like a trilogy of of metallo episodes and he's one of you know the top superman adversaries throughout this series that it's kind of pivotal that would be my stance and my presentation on it it's a trilogy of episodes um it does well he's also in one more episode he's in he's in superman's pal as well so oh that's true so i guess it's quadrilogy quadrilogy of episodes it's a good point i forgot that he was in that episode well cal what i think we're gonna need to do here since you think it's a thumbs up for rewatchability and i'm kind of on the thumbs down camp so we need our listeners to uh, tweet us at dcau review or comment on our instagram at dcau review and they can decide whether or not this belongs in the in the rewatchability camp uh, thumbs up or thumbs down I love it. Not, and not just for the clout either. Uh, no, not just for the, the sweet, sweet engagement. Uh, <laughs> for the, not just for the algorithm, but also because I'm genuinely curious what people think. Agreed. Yeah. So uh, tweet, tweet Liam and Liam, what a beautiful segue that is as we begin to wrap things up this week. Uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, as Liam mentioned, you can follow us on both Instagram and Twitter at DCAU review. Uh, you can check us out there. We, uh, we post clips from the upcoming episodes uh, that we're reviewing throughout the week. We post lots of artwork. 
Uh, we let you know when we've posted our latest episodes. We talk about uh, on Twitter. We talk about everything from uh, from what's happening in standard DC continuity. We like retweeting artwork and talking about some of our favorite artists there. We talk about uh, favorite DCAU episodes. We do a lots of fun stuff there. So uh, if you're looking to interact with us directly, uh, specifically Liam, head over to uh, Twitter, tweet us at DCAU Review. Let us know, you know, is this an episode that you would say is uh, is a mandatory watch? You know, if you're starting from scratch here and you're showing somebody Superman the Animated Series, is this a mandatory watch or is this one where you say, ah, you can fill in the blanks later on, uh, really not worth it? Uh, tweet us or uh, comment on our post this week on Instagram for the episode as to whether or not you'd say uh, this is mandatory watch. So uh, Liam, speaking of episodes, uh, as we continue here in our month of Superman, will we have uh, the fourth Professor Hamilton episode next week? Uh, only time will tell, uh, but I guess that means it's time to talk about our, uh, our next episode uh, in our month of Superman here as we get to week four here in the month of July. That's right. So yeah, next week we will have yet another adventure with the Man of Steel. This time featuring a uh, the DCAU debut and I think only appearance of a a very uh, character that was very important if you were reading the Justice League book in the '90s and very unimportant if you weren't. Uh, <laughs> which is of course uh, Maxima, who was a big character in like the Dan Jurgens. Kevin McGuire, uh, J.M. DeMatteis uh, era of Justice League International and then Justice League Detroit. And then uh, that character was sort of subsequently, I think, killed off and then forgotten in the uh, in the 2000s. But kind of a fun thing to see. It'll be to see how they sort of integrated her into the uh, the DCAU and uh, and whether and we can sort of get more into maybe her her comic book origins and importance as well then. But we will be, of course, talking about Maxima's debut in the Warrior Queen next week. Looking forward to that. Don't forget, also, you guys can subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. Uh, if you haven't done so already, if, uh, if you like us and you want to support us, you can either do so by buying a shirt, a hat, or a mug, maybe a sticker over at our shop. Uh, head over to DCAUreview.com and click on the shop tab. Or uh, if, you don't, uh, if you don't have the monetary uh, ability to do so, completely understand, uh, especially in this day and age. So uh, if you're looking to support us in another way, you can leave us a review on your favorite podcast app if it allows you to do so. Uh, a five-star one would be very much appreciated and uh if you if you take the time to write a little paragraph about why you like us uh, we'd like you even more and then uh also you can go over to youtube and subscribe to the pod tower just search pod tower uh or maybe even dcau review in the uh the search bar we don't have a url just yet we're getting to the uh, amount of subscribers we need to and not only will you get our podcasts delivered to you every saturday morning via youtube uh, but you also get some great content from the uh from the content creators over at uh, watchtower and also uh and uh, also uh, the, the fellas over at tim talk providing us with some, some great stuff as well uh, Liam, this has been a lot of fun. I am looking forward to doing this once again and continuing in our month of Superman. Uh, but until then, I'm Cap. And I'm Liam. We'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Adios. Adios.